0: The Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Emma and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today I'm joined by another amazing woman for the next episode in our Journey into Motherhood series. So today I'm joined by Jen. Jen works in finance. She has, well, I think probably her husband would think that she runs her own rescue farm. Uh, she's a <laughs> wife and she's a stepmom to two girls. So thank you very much for joining me today, Jen.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: And thanks for joining me so close to Christmas as well. <laughs> this is a crazy time. It really is a crazy time. So I really appreciate you making the time to, to chat with me today. No um, problem. So I probably should have asked you before we started this, but um, whether or not this is okay to talk about, and I didn't, so sorry about that. Um, but So I've known you for a long time, um, probably... Yeah probably closer to multiple decades rather than just years uh, definitely closer yeah. to multiple decades really think that, yes. yeah <laughs> it's better not to think about it too much yeah. <laughs> um and i think growing up you never had the you never had that deep desire to be a mum is that no yeah
1: no i didn't definitely not
0: <laughs> no no that was not where my life was heading <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And so you did actually make a – you made a life choice that you didn't want to have children.
1: That's correct, yes.
0: And now you're a step-mom to two, to two girls.
1: Yes, because life makes its own choices.
0: <laughs> yeah, that can happen, can't it? So best laid plans and then all of a sudden um, that's not necessarily what you're looking at.
1: So how did that happen? Well, essentially I just – met the man of my dreams I guess you would say and he had kids and I, I did at that time make a conscious decision I um knowing obviously he was always up front about his children I met him at work when mm. we were uh working in FIFO mm. in South Australia and the boy next door in the dorm you know, I traveled so far <laughs> <laughs> he we got along so well when he had kids and I sat back and thought is this really what I want to do you know knowing how much of a massive impact it's going to make on our lives. Um, and I always, always knew they'd end up with us full time mm. eventually. I just, you just sometimes know these things, I think. And I thought, no, he's worth it and just pursued it.
0: Now, do you still think he's worth it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. It's okay because he may hear the answer. So. <laughs>
1: But, I mean, every parent really would have a moment where they go, why did I do this? I'm yeah. sure of it. it no, really I was more thinking about the fact you've been
0: with. married for a while now, so, you know, still the boy of your dreams. Those
1: that things. Can. Right. Well, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been five years now. Yeah. Um, the kids actually moved in just after our first, uh, just before our first wedding anniversary. So it wasn't for about six months after we got married. So It all happened very
0: quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, and that mm-hmm. must have been a heck of a, kind of a heck of a change for you
1: it really was uh before that we had the kids in the school holidays because when um Colin and I settled into a whole relationship he moved over to Perth because he was from Adelaide um to stay with me because we were flying in and out of Adelaide anyway mm. and the girl's mum moved them to Queensland and things like that so it was oh wow like I didn't know that. that yeah she Welsh actually ran away with them for <laughs> a short time there but um we found them. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not such a thing to not be around full time um, for them. It was obviously a massive decision to make. Yeah. Um, and they used to come and stay with us in the, every school holidays for the whole school holidays. So it was kind of nice for them to have a break, as well as we got some proper time with them instead of just a dinner and things yeah. like we were getting before that. Um, so, he did have them. So how did when it, they first came up? He did have them full time, like well, in his time off. But that,
0: so that's what I was going to ask. How did it go when? Mm. Um, so you're fly and fly out, and yep. so you're both flying into a different state, and then they live mm. in a different state again. They're coming mm-hmm. to stay with you. Did you have to both take annual leave in order to actually be able to look after them, or?
1: How did that well, work? Life, so, um, oh, I guess yes, some of the time we did, we must have, because it wouldn't have worked out that we were on we were at home all the time for the mm. school holidays. Um we did obviously try to move our roster around as much as we could to accommodate the being home for the school holidays yeah. for them. Um and the South Australian holidays were and even the Queensland holidays were different to the WA ones yeah. as well. So that did help that other people could be home for the holidays. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we there was a lot of leave that we used to take, and we used to use all of our, like, frequent flyer miles for them and all oh, sorts of things to yes. get constantly different flights. Like, it was a very expensive way to do things,
0: yeah. <laughs> of course. And the poor
1: kids had to learn to fly by themselves for, you know, from a very young age. So, the so how... The youngest was five. So five again. when they started coming over. Youngest was five. Five, and so the eldest was seven? Five and seven. When they started flying to Perth. Because wow. I remember she
0: was the youngest they were allowed to fly unaccompanied. I can't even imagine that. So my youngest is nine. I can't imagine her flying alone at yeah, all. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's a bit scary to start with. They, I think they dealt with it very well, actually. They were very impressed with the kids. Mm. Um, You put them straight at the door, at the gate, yeah. you have to be there, and you have to pick them up from the gate, and then then they're escorted by the airline staff the whole time. and So it's not too bad, but... Still would be very
0: frightening for a young child. I imagine it would have been very frightening for like for you guys as well.
1: Ooh, yes. And you have no real control um what they're eating and you know, the, the state that they come off. They've usually been down in Coke and That's what I was thinking. How many times <laughs> have they pushed for their um for their yes. drink mm-hmm. cart
0: to come around for an extra drink?
1: <laughs> oh my god. They were very hyperactive. But you know, that's okay. Yeah. We're <laughs> just happy to feed them.
0: Yeah. And so how old were they? So they were um, five and seven when they came into your life? Uh, four
1: and six.
0: Four and six. Mm, yeah. So what was that like? I think, you know, when when people have children, you you get them from new. So you get mm-hmm. to learn to be a parent as they're growing up. And as those ages and stages come up, you kind of, you're learning and evolving as you go. You inherited a four and six year old like you didn't have the four or six years of experience to try and, you know, to sort of learn as you went.
1: Yes, that's right. I think it is definitely one of the um, most difficult things as a step parent of any sort to, to pick up someone else's training of them in a sense, Um, someone else's parenting styles, and you don't really have a say in anything and you kind of just have to go with the flow and, try to just get to know them as as people more than anything not try to be a parent especially in that situation um and hopefully it, it it's okay it depends how long you've got them for and yeah you have to really keep them safe and things like that but you you do try to have that step back um to allow the to allow the birth parent to do all the discipline and all that sort of stuff and you just try to be there for them but it doesn't quite always work that way I've got, <laughs> obviously you've got to step
0: in sometimes and yeah I've got so many questions so many questions uh, how does that feel feeling as though you know you've got children coming into your home but I guess you know from the beginning were you did you feel like you didn't get to step in and be a parent and that you had to hold back and and if that was the case then how did you how did you feel about that
1: yes it's very difficult it I'm, and I do. I, I belong to a few Facebook groups and things like that. And it is something that I, a lot of stepmothers and stepfathers do struggle with. Especially, I think, the mother role because mm. you're leaned upon a lot. As much as we want things to be equal, we all know that the mother role it tends to be the key. Yeah. And anything you do is criticised, and anything you say it all goes back to the birth mom and. You know, you've got no say in anything and they basically take over your entire life for the time that they're with you and your house and you can't do anything about it except to pretend to be happy about every (laughs) moment and do your best to look past a lot of things. And I mean, some people probably have wonderful experiences where... You know that the children are just so happy to be there. Yeah, that it, it all goes swimmingly. But most of the cases, I'd imagine, especially children of divorce, you know, they go through a lot of different stages of their life and a lot of different emotions. And I mean, mm-hmm. mine especially went through a lot of trauma, and yeah. um it, it was very difficult for them to to try and bring someone else into their life. Yeah, like and tr- that, trust and, somebody else. Did it? Yeah, and, and, and from out, yeah, you just you just don't feel good about it at all. It <laughs> just it's just it, not a nice feeling. No, and it's something you have to really try to train yourself to deal with. You Did know, it, I um, I read a lot of books to start with. Mm. Um, there's a few out there. Step the happy stepmother and stepmonster, and <laughs> <laughs> think about getting your own space and walking away, and which I've never found, never really found an easy thing to do. No. I feel like you're ridiculed as well for not want to be part of the perfect little family they're trying to put together, and you know the space thing is is a massive, massive invasion. Just all of a sudden they I used to physically get kicked out of the bed in the mornings when mm. they were over and <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll just go make, You now my children aren't small. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's six foot five, so the kids are both six foot now. Yeah they were we're big babies too yeah and um yeah i would just get up and go make breakfast but then of course they'd think oh food and they'd run off to the kitchen with you and say, oh, okay well that space didn't go well yeah. and, you know it's just, they're always everywhere and you 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 just really struggle i know i really really struggled for those couple of weeks we'd have them just to find myself I'd just i'd stress out beforehand i would be completely anxious and just flipping out on the inside and trying to keep it calm and all the while organizing as many, as many things to do together. You know, you do all the every day you have to be doing something, of course. Well, that's it. Is that, I mean, I imagine if they're just coming for those couple of weeks,
0: there's must feel yeah. like there's a pressure yeah. that you need to make the most yeah. of it. And it needs to be fun the whole time. And, you know,
1: exactly. And yeah. it's, you know, you've um, I, it's, in my reading, I learned about uh, the guilty father, you know where they feel bad that they've left the kids and so they're always trying to make up for it and they're always spoiling, and they're, which is not good for the kids and we're yeah. seeing a lot of the ramifications of that now. Yeah. Well, yeah, but all you are children. also,
0: you've now got two teens.
1: So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they're not all like four. I think they're all about the same as ours. I think they're doing quite well to be normal children. Yeah. Which is a bit scary that everyone's going through these same scary teens.
0: <laughs> yeah. and. I'm I'm wondering so you know when they first came into your life and so you felt like you I get I imagine it must have felt like you were somewhat of an outsider in that. Yes. And definitely. Did that cause issues
1: between you and your husband? It did. Yes. I know um there was a, we have never really thought about anything but the kids. Um even on a day where the kids aren't home now, we we have a great time we don't have any problems at all we just go about our normal relationship but as soon as anything becomes about the kids he struggled in the sense of watching somebody else um, discipline his children yeah he very struggled with that a lot like you can't tell my kids what to do who the hell are you and I can Um, I can understand that being protective and um... exactly it is is a natural instinct isn't it
0: yeah but at the same time you're sharing that space as well so
1: um, difficult for both of you. It's, it is. It was and still is really difficult. um it, As soon as you get on the same team, things get better. Mm. And of course, children are natural manipulators. So of course, they played on everything, especially at that age when they were much younger. And well, no, I shouldn't say especially. We still do. <laughs> <laughs> when they're younger like that, and they just they're just looking for the next cool thing to get. And yeah. You know, and you're sort of watching it, going, "Oh, do we say something? Do you not say something? Is it going to be met with hostility? Is it, you know, is he going to understand where you're coming from?" And mm. yeah, it was it was really hard being on the outside and trying to help, but trying not to be in the way and try not to overstep or not to, interfere. Yeah, trying not to overstep the mum. Yeah, which um actually came up a lot when we were going through a family court when we were fighting to keep the girls here. Mm. Um, they actually put a lot of pressure on you that they don't want them calling you mum they don't they don't want you overstepping at all like that's their mum they have to build a relationship with her even though she's given them up and she's not even showing up to court to fight and all these sorts of things you still are not allowed to overstep that boundary
0: so that's the court saying that they didn't want the kids calling you mum
1: yeah which was they had already started doing without me trying Was very. But yeah, so you're like, well, what do I do? Stop them? Yeah, <laughs> just stopped, they didn't want to do it. So, what did you what do? Do, do? That's pretty much how you feel about most things. What What do you do? And you just have to make a decision and run with it, really. So, did you have to tell the girls that they can't call you mum? We didn't. In the end, we talked about. It, I talked about it with my husband, and we just thought, well, they've made that decision. Yeah, and you're trying to create a connection them with them.
0: To, exactly. Surely it would undermine that connection if you then go, you know, you feel close enough to me to call me mum, but actually yeah. I'm going to tell you that I don't want you to do that. And regardless that of whether thing. you say the court's saying it, they're still going to hear, I don't want you to do that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's, a, it's a, confusing enough for them as it is, the whole lot bouncing between houses and states. Right from the start states. That's right. You know, I think they've lived in every capital city in Australia almost, those poor kids. Yeah. Well, they're better traveled than most
0: most of us, aren't they? I
1: kind to put a spin on it like they're very lucky.
0: Yeah, this is true. Um so going back a little bit, you said that it got easier once you and your husband got on the same page. So yeah. how did you do that?
1: It really kinda of happened by default in the end. Um I've always pushed communication. mm um, to the point that I annoy everybody and nobody <laughs> wants to see <hit> me. <laughs> I become the big evil, wicked stepmother in the background, of course, that everyone just gets frustrated with. Um, but mostly, it, it came through because he started to wise up to a lot of the manipulation and could see could see what I was seeing, and and I mean, my husband always really agreed with me when we talked privately. Yeah. But then when we were in the kids, he would bluntly say right in front of them, you know, no, that's not right. And no, you can't do that. And that sort of stuff. So, yeah. But now he, yeah, he's, he sees them more for what they are than anything and, and, and sees the need for discipline and recognises why they can't do certain things and why we have to say no sometimes. And it was, it was a very hard learning curve for him as well. You know, it's how, how do you do that? It's the kids that you love. Yeah. How can you miss them for so many years we we used to want to see them more but we couldn't and, Yeah. You know, that's it's it's such a hard position
0: for him to be in. Definitely. And I think it's really important to know that you know kid, when when we talk about kids uh, manipulating situations and things mm-hmm. like that often it's you know they're not setting out to manipulate they're setting out to oh. try and get their needs met. And well, that, that And that's as exactly you right. we'll as be. you said the girls had experienced a whole heap of trauma coming mm. into this they didn't yeah. know that their needs were going to get met and so they i guess they had to use the resources that they had available exactly. to them to ensure yeah. that they were that they were going to be safe and that they were going to um
1: you know to to be met that's but, exactly right and they did have uh, it, it, they didn't feel safe at all when mm. they first came over because they were so used to not feeling safe yeah yeah And that's one of the reasons that um, I
0: guess boundaries are so important as well, because they do, they let kids know where they have, that this is a safe space, you know, and I will, I will celebrate you when you go out. And, you know, I guess when we, when we have safety, it means that we can feel safe to take risks, but within Mm -hmm. parameters and knowing that, you know, if you take those risks and you fly, I'll celebrate you. But if you fall, I'll catch you. But if you go outside of those parameters, I can't catch you and I can't keep you safe. So that's why we have those boundaries.
1: That's exactly right. And it's, and it's one of the first things you really need to put into place in these sorts of situations, your own personal boundaries and boundaries for them. You know, a big thing for me was you don't go in my bedroom. Mm. That was very difficult because my husband was like, why can't they go in our bedroom? You know? Especially when they want to that get was- in bed with you. <laughs> yeah. and he, loved, he loved that in the morning. And yeah all through the day, they're just used to being able to go wherever they want. And yes, you've got to put in that boundary saying, no, this makes me comfortable if we can do this and you've got this. And it, it, it is much better once you talk about boundaries. And yeah, like I said, communication is just a massive thing in all of it. And, and that's exactly
0: right. I, you know, when we talk about boundaries, like I said, you know, when you've got a, a child from a newborn, you get to put mm-hmm. those boundaries in as they're growing. Exactly. But when you... Yeah inherit them when they're four and six and they're only coming into your life for a couple of weeks of the year, yeah. really difficult to put those boundaries in place, especially when you when you are the guilty father and you're trying to make up for yes. not being there or, you know, for everything exactly. else that they're going and through.
1: They just take offense to it. You know, yeah. why don't you want me in there? Yeah. Why, why don't you want me around? You know, yeah. they're so used to everybody wanting them all the time and they, they see things a completely different way. One thing I learned about children... Is there's no logic <laughs> at all. Yeah, well not yeah. Look, I think
0: that they've probably they've got their own logic, but often no, there's no manual with them for us to
1: understand yeah. what that logic is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just think that is a really strange thing to do. Yeah. That seems completely thought through for them. So
0: Well, that's it. I know there's been a few times where I've spoken <laughs> to my kids and gone, talk me through your throat thought process yeah. as to how we ended up here. Yeah. And they'll share it with me. I'm like, Okay, I see how we got here. But not not a choice I think that we should have made. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So also going back, way back to the beginning of this conversation, you talked about differences in parenting styles. Mm -hmm. So your parenting style, your husband's parenting style and the girl's birth mum's parenting styles. So how did they differ?
1: Well, I found, I mean, you know, where I've come from, I, I grew up, my parents are teachers mm. and we were quite a close family unit and we're still are know, very sensible. Yes, that's yeah. right. We're very sensible and teachers and education and all that sort of thing. So it was quite, we had a lot of trust in the sense that I think, I hope <laughs> we developed that as a kid with mum and dad, but yeah. they learned they could trust us and then that went, they could, we could trust them and that all came together. My husband, his parents were very young, very mm. lovely people um, when they had him. And I think he was a bit of a special kid too. He was a bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> 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 I think they had to try a fair few things with them, but they were a bit more free, I think. Um, a bit more of the 70s hippie style. <laughs> yeah. Of And and he just wants to love and which is obviously wonderful. Yeah. Just wants to love and give and give and give and and without really pulling back on anything to give boundaries or anything like that. Um, And their mum, how would you describe her parenting style? I think there was a lot of yelling,
0: Um,
1: a lot of, they were left alone a lot. yeah, And the eldest was really becoming the mother to the youngest. Mm. And that was difficult when she moved in with us because we had, I wanted to pull her back and bring her back into being a kid Yeah, and I'd be like, no, us to sort out, you leave her alone. Stop telling her off. Yeah, You go deal with it, you know, and that, that took a long time. But that must've been tricky mm. as
0: well because, you know, that thing of, well, she has to be in that parenting role when she's mm. at, you know, at home, because the reality is that, you know, South Australia, Queensland, that was home with you. They were just visiting. Yeah. So when she's yeah. at home, she has to be the mum and you're not mum. So, exactly. you know, you say you don't have to be mum. Well, actually, that's that's the role that I've taken on. That's the role that mm. has become mine. And now yes. you're stepping in and you're taking that from me.
1: That's right. And she was also very close with her father, even in the sense of, of sometimes acting like a wife. Yeah. You know, that loving relationship that she's been missing and yeah, it's all very complicated.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because I um, obviously saw you recently and I, you know, even now, I noticed elements of that still happening, still feeling like oh, yeah. she needed to tend to dad. And yes. um you know, yeah. And in a way that as you said, it did it did feel more like the way that a, a wife would rather than a young daughter. Yes.
1: yes, I have pulled her up a few times and you know, that's a wife's job, honey. You'd be the kid, you know, you love yeah. him in your way. Or actually,
0: he's probably big enough and ugly enough to do that himself, hon.
1: <laughs> so <you might> be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, they also had um their birth mother's mum around their Ulmer. Ah. and she's also very lovely. I get along very well with her, and but she would step in a lot and buy food and buy clothes and all the things they were missing at home. Um, because she'd come over and the pantry was empty, and they would even stay with her for great lengths of time. And she's a lovely strict German lady that will not take, you know, will not yeah. take crap from anyone. So that was good for them in that they were getting that discipline from somewhere and you can still say, well, what would Umma say about that? And she wouldn't like that, you know? So they, they were getting a whole nother side of parenting as well back then. But that must've been very confusing for them. It was the poor kids. Yeah. It was really a tough time. They came over, um, youngest has ADHD, but they both came over with huge, ang- like massive anxiety, anxiety, um, both had ptsd Mm. uh the youngest has sensory disorder as well so she was afraid of loud noises when she came over she was actually afraid of rain to the point that she had a hysterical fit once we were driving in the car and it started raining a little bit um because their house in flooded the house in queensland Uh. (laughs) so yeah and their mum was quite dramatic with things so yeah so she had that as well and she had a coordination disorder so there's a lot going on with them yeah and you think with trauma it's it's never gone no, even when they've been with us for four and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And even just last month, we still had a traumatic incident with the eldest where she just had a complete breakdown and, you know, wanted to run away and all sorts of things just, and, and, and was blaming, which this sort of stuff comes up a lot. She directs everything they're angry about with their mum at me. Mm. And she was actually telling me all these things that you've done. And I was like, that, that wasn't me. I haven't done that to you, you know? And, was my first You're Not My Mother, too. Uh, oh, <laughs> so how did that feel? Really, really. I was always expecting it. You always got to expect that at some point because teenagers are always going to say things. Whether they're perfect and you're the perfect parents, they're always going to lash out like that. Mm. So I did, I did expect it, but it was still a bit like, uh oh, harsh. Yeah, <laughs> so, I you think know. <laughs> you can expect
0: things, but still hearing it and expecting it and then hearing it, two very different things, aren't they?
1: It is it is and and she was in a big emotional state she barely remembered the next day Mm. so it's just one of those things that i think is always going to be in their life and that's why we go to therapy and we've always had them in therapy um ever since they've been with us anyway we weren't allowed to do it beforehand so how long have they been with you full time yeah four and a half june i don't even know what year it's four and a half years now it's just the end of june came through
0: so so they were eight and ten
1: yes 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 they were eight and ten yeah. And then they went to the primary school up the road, and it was the first time they've been in a school for a year. Oh, my goodness. Once they've been for a year, and then now they're in the high school. So that's, and being in the same house for that amount of time has made a huge difference as well. Stability with kids is yeah really important.
0: So they were with you, how many weeks of the year were they with you when they were still living with mum?
1: Uh, I guess. I think we only we only had them for two weeks when they were in the Christmas holidays as well. Yeah. So that's eight weeks, I guess a year we saw them. So which is nothing really, isn't no. it? And every time they came over, they changed. That was the other yeah. difficult thing about the community. Every time they came over, they changed. They had a different tactic for their eczema that they were using, and it, we weren't told about allergies and things. So you had to figure it out for yourself, and then because you're the big bad guy, because they've got a bruise or they've got a rash, or, you know. God forbid they had a broken arm or something. Oh gosh. How is that for you when actually
0: their fear if they did have a broken arm, I imagine, must have been oh, you know, yes. Because terrifying there is there's so much around like the stigma of dads and mm-hmm. um dads are like you know, dads are more mm-hmm. likely to be violent and yep, therefore <laughs> Yeah. So where whereas, you know, if mum takes them to a hospital because they've got a broken arm. Well, they fell off a scooter. Whereas if Dad no, that, takes them, they're having to, you know, cover their back almost.
1: <laughs> yes, it, that was terrifying for me. Um, the girls, they were, as I said, the youngest had a coordination disorder. Anyway, and they were both quite clumsy and, but not afraid to to run out there and go crazy. So <laughs> every time they went outside, five minutes later they're back in bleeding. Oh God! Without a yeah, no matter what they were doing. They could have been on the scooter or just walking. Yeah. It's just how we were, you know. And because of that, I always wanted to try to stop them doing things because oh. I've got the fear if something happens and we send them home. Yeah, CPFS is going to be on your doorstep. Well, that's right. And and I was never allowed to say anything, never allowed to discipline or stop them or anything like that. So that was a massive part of the anxiety, definitely, that you've got to deal with. Yeah, no control over any situation. Oh gosh,
0: and so much added burden. Like you know, my kids go out and they're they're always climbing something or you know whatever. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah. there's yes, there's the fear that they're going mm. to hurt themselves. Um, but my fear is just that my child may not may get hurt, not yeah. that. Well, my child may get hurt, CPFS may get involved, and then I may lose being able to see them.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because you're always going to be, as the outsider, always yeah. going to be the easy blame. And yeah, you should have been looking after them, or what did yeah. you do to. Why were you watching them? And it's like, well, where's dad? Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but really, yeah, it really, none, none of it should be your responsibility. You shouldn't even have to be there. Yeah. That's it. it, it Well, they're with dad, okay? Yeah. And and some stepmothers do take that that road, and I totally understand that. That's just like, right? This is your time with the kids, especially if they're there for a weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. And you let it go, and you just let them have that time, and try to stay out of it. But at the same time, you're always going to be an outsider then. Yeah, well, that's it, Mm -hmm. and and surely for the kids, you want them. I understand that
0: you know you want dad to have that relationship with them, but you want the kids to feel as though they're welcome and they're loved, and so to exactly. do that you need to show up
1: well that's right i mean how would the kids feel from that side of things that's exactly it. they're going to think he always leaves whenever it's always going to be she you know? yeah. she always leaves when we come over so yeah. doesn't she like she doesn't, it? doesn't want she us want there leave? she doesn't want
0: to spend time with us yeah
1: but always and but in the end i guess it's a choice you have to make for your own mental
0: health
1: yeah you know whatever works best for you in in your mental health and the situation you're in yeah
0: Uh, So what I was going to say before I got derailed myself with the thought, no, no, it was me. I derailed myself with the thought of all of, you know, (laughs) went into a tailspin about the risk of them breaking an arm. Uh, So I was going to say that you'd gone from having them eight weeks a year to then Mm. them moving in full time. Yeah. So were you
1: both still FIFO at the time? We had just come back. Um, My role, it was when the oil and gas crash happened in uh, whatever year it was, yeah. one of the more recent ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so my role had been taken out of the field, and I was back here just before we got married. Uh, and then my husband was actually working in Papua New Guinea at the time, so we weren't in the, working in the same place anymore. He had taken that role on because it went through Queensland. Ah, uh, so he could we did, see them. We could see them on the way through. Yeah, and. He had a role that came up in Perth or the supervisor um, over here, which is what he was doing over there. And we ended up taking that. We both said, we have a feeling that you're just going to need to be in Perth. Ah. You know, we could have, I think it's that time. We we sort of was trying to start to get whispers that we might be able to try to fight for them because it's not easy for the dad to get them. There has to be really extenuating circumstances. And for many, many years we wanted to, to make that fight, but, um, my husband was very afraid of losing them because yeah. that, you lose and that's it, you've lost and they're, they're gone forever. Whereas yeah. they had sort of a half decent relationship where we could could see them when we were able to. Mm. So he took took a rollback back on in Perth and it might have only been a month I think before they came over. But it was certainly something that it was another thing we were adjusting to. Yeah. It, it, Really, a massive in just adjustment going from, you know, three weeks on three weeks solid at home to do yeah. whatever you want, having to suddenly do that in two days on the weekend. I still don't know how we're supposed to do it. <laughs> it's been six years or something. Yeah. Now, I think. Still struggling with it. <laughs> and we also moved into a new house that February. Yeah. So we got married, got married in September, moved into a new place in February, both started working back in Perth. And the new house is a two-acre block, so it's not, you know, it's that's how we've got the little farm. And then the kids moved in. And so it was all this massive just constant adjustment. Yeah. That, of those, you know, I think, what is their ten, um, the ten
0: most stressful life events that are, you know, possible, and you've got four of them on there.
1: Well, that's it. And this is all in that six-month period. And, just, yeah. and then when they first came over, I don't. My husband wasn't able to take time off yet. He'd just started in the new role. Ah. And they, it was, I think it was just finishing up in school. So it wasn't quite WA school holidays because I think they missed their last week of that term. Yeah. Before starting. And yeah, it was quite, quite crazy. I was at home with them solid for a couple of weeks. So you took and time off? I did. I stayed home. I tried to work from home. That huh. was insane. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was even a moment where my daughter put an umbrella through the light fishing. <laughs> yeah. Oh don't God! Get away for a minute.
0: Who <laughs> <laughs> think? Please don't electrocute yourself the first week you've come to live here.
1: <laughs> so you know, because they're not wanting to listen, they've just come over, and it's all a massive experience for them. And yeah, and the eldest at that point couldn't be in a room by herself uh, she was so traumatized you know she couldn't be alone she couldn't shower she wouldn't she couldn't do anything alone and you'd find this this shadow following you around everywhere which is a massive thing to get used to when you well, especially when you're used to your own space exactly and, and I was alone a fair bit too because my yeah. husband was on four and fours and on a different roster yeah. and go eight weeks or something without seeing each other and all of a sudden you're responsible for these people and 24 7 face you know? mm. and I'm like and I'm not a massive hugger in things anyway so it's like oh you're in my bubble <laughs> you're in my bubble but all the time my, um, as, as like a new mother would need to suddenly get used to like when their toddlers are moving you know they start to follow you everywhere don't they and well, yeah, and there's, you know, even from when they're newborns, there's,
0: you know, you'll hear a lot of mums who will use use terms like I'm touched out and it's that oh, same yes. kind of thing as you know, I've constantly, mm-hmm. it's this constant need to be holding them, this constant need to be feeding or just there's always somebody who's attached to me at all, you know, and it's mm-hmm. as much as we love them,
1: it's draining. Yeah, it is draining. Mm-hmm. And it's not something you can really say to them either. Especially no. when they're a bit older that, they don't understand at all. No, when they're
0: a newborn, you can hand them to dad and go, <laughs> I need half an hour when nobody's touching me, talking to me, or asking for anything from mm-hmm. me. But, you know, when they're eight, you
1: can't, you can't really say that. No. And that <laughs> is a massive thing to get used to, the asking everything, like the mum, 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 mum. Yeah. <laughs> That's really quite insane. <laughs> you just think, wow, how I... I'm so amazed by single parents through oh, all of this. Yeah. I think it's got to be so hard. It's hard enough for the two of us. A hundred percent. That's just, oh, it's too hard. You mm. can't do
0: it all. No. nope. <laughs> I agree. A hundred percent. I don't know how single parents do it. I take my yeah. hat off to them. Yeah. Mm. So, I, uh, yeah, I guess how did you adjust to that initially where you went from, I guess your entire life changed
1: overnight? Mm. Mm. I don't think I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say I'm coping. You know, you, you think you, it goes up and down. You know, mm. you have good weeks and bad weeks and, and I, it still changes day to day. The kids' hormones kick in and mm. these 12-year-olds are crazy. Mm. <laughs> With the hormones, it's suddenly like oh god who's that kid yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah I'm not sure you ever really do you just keep surviving and you keep dealing with what's in front of you and um, luckily my company has um, an employee assistance program so we actually get uh, five therapy sessions a year so that's easy enough to just quickly do without Um, I must admit I should have used them a lot more than I have Mm. Um, I did when they first came over um, I started to really really struggle and really turn inward and my mental health was just not good at all I would go to bed every night just so wound up and just thinking why am I doing this and every you know you'd have to to start with I had to hold everything back I couldn't yeah say anything at all and then we started to try to be parents but it was also difficult because any wrong turn and the kids will arc up in court or, you know, say to their mum, they said this or they did this and then that's it, you've lost them again. And oh. we were treading eggshells for so long. Yeah. But it, it, it all builds up and it's just an impossible thing to, to deal with, really. I've, I've never done anything harder in my life That's, and I don't think I ever will. Mm. Did it's you really, have really, –
0: really,
1: apart from going to therapy, which is, you know,
0: amazing. Yes, did you have – really yeah did you mm. have any strategies that you used to actually look after you and to look after your marriage as well
1: yes yeah, so well i did i did read books mm. um there's, there's a few uh step monster and the happy stepmother and there's another one step coupling that you're ah. just reading and wow that is so true that's exactly <laughs> how you feel you know and you're reading all of it and and even if nobody else is listening to you and you're just reading that at least you feel better that you're not the only one yeah And And I've got Facebook support, they help too.
0: That's the purpose of this podcast is, you know, for other parents who are step-parenting to go, you know what, I'm not alone. There are other people who are going through this who aren't living, you know, the Netflix Hallmark movie life as being a step-parent and actually this is really hard and other people are saying that it's really hard. It's not just me. So That's right. I think that's what
1: helps the most to just know that your thoughts, no matter how dark or how evil you might feel with them, they are completely normal. Yeah. And all the things the kids are doing is normal. And all the things your husband is doing is normal. Yeah. And it was just to know that that's how it comes together and you just fi- got to find a way through it. Um, the book's definitely held a lot of research online. I, li- I've, I read a lot online mm. um, about different techniques to use with the kids. You know, you just... I don't know if that's coming from teachers or what, but <laughs> to me, it was, education is the key here to yeah. to find a different way. I still haven't found that perfect way of dealing with it all. And I don't think anybody I ever does. Like, I think, I
0: do yeah, I call it it's crazy. <laughs> I call it informed eclecticism, which is exactly what we're saying. You know, you read all the books, you watch all the YouTube clips, you go to all the seminars, mm-hmm. and you do all of that, and you take bits and pieces, and mm-hmm. then you feel like, oh. I feel like I've got this now. And then something happens and they all change and you're like, damn it. Where's the next book?
1: Do work and you do try them and they will work for a short time. Yeah. But then kids and they will always keep you on your toes like that because they will constantly change and find a way around what you're doing. And you know, and I never I did always promise them I would never lie to them. Um and manipulation is a lie. So I've never tried to use any tactics to manipulate them into doing because sometimes I know I can just say not to do something and they'll do it you know as I guess yeah. a lot of parents and so you know you can easily just say I, I must admit I did do it once <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to go to dancing class I said you know what I don't think you'd be very good at it anyway and oh yeah no, I'm going to do that then you know because I was trying to encourage them to have some after school activities yeah. and she did enjoy it and she had a good time yeah that is the only time I've I've done that to them <laughs> It's, you don't want to be like that. You want to have that perfect world of, yes, you can just all talk openly and, yes, it's yeah. all full of power, you know, it's everything's great. How can I
0: uplift them rather than how can I,
1: yeah. And you do, you just have to keep trying and, and remember that it's not you and it's not even them. It's just a situation that sucks for everyone. It is. And you're the best out of it. You know, they, they're still mum hasn't visited she visited once when they first moved over and she hasn't been since so it's been four years over four years now and i mean covid hasn't made things easier but
0: look it, it hasn't and i was going to say that but at the same time there are you know there are the g2g
1: passes that people have been using well, in order to see their children so yeah well, that's it and and there's not a lot of Phone calls, or they've got their own mobiles now, so there's a bit of text messaging, and which is hard because you don't really know what she's saying to them. and Yeah, that's a bit hard. And you try to talk openly with it, but they think you're going to be upset. You know, if they want to see their mum, they they think they're hurting you, and so it goes both ways. Mm. Have just as much guilt about having another mum.
0: That must be very difficult for them to feel like they're stuck in between the two yes. of you. You know, they don't want. They don't want biological mum to, to him think him. that they're happy with you. At the same time, they don't want you to feel like they want to have a relationship with her.
1: Exactly. And that that's too much for a kid to deal with. And I do tell them that all the time. Look, adults struggle to deal with these situations. You know, you don't feel like you've got all this pressure on you. If you want to talk about it and it sounds awful, just do it. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to talk about anything and you just want to ignore it all and focus on school, do that then. And you yeah. can deal with it as you grow up. And I was like, she will always be there. We will always be there. It's yeah. just something that you've got to work on you because high school is hard enough. Oh, my goodness, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> I couldn't go back. No.
0: I know there's people who say high school is the happiest years of their lives. <laughs> but, I can only think they must yeah, have had
1: miserable yeah. lives. So, Very <laughs> much. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they've, they've got to find their ways of dealing with it as well and they lean on you a lot for that yeah you get, you get really good moments um where you do mm. see something that you've mm. perhaps taught them mm. you know i feel i've made them stronger um in a lot of ways i was growing i have all strong women in my family and mm. the, the girls are very strong now they'll stand up to me they're so strong <laughs>
0: Yeah, my my two girls. Well, actually, all of my kids stand up to me, and I think I've gone some, I've gone wrong somewhere. This was not how this was supposed to be. When I was, you know, trying to teach them to be strong, independent young women, it's backfired.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> it does backfire, it does. But yeah. hopefully, one day, you'll turn around and go, "Yep, no, I made that. That's a good kid." Yeah. You know? but little things like that, and 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 they quote you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some, and there's moments, especially the youngest, she comes into me and she goes, I'm going to ask mum because she will never lie to me if dad's messing with her and she'll ask oh. me, did this really happen? And, yeah. Um, I'll have to tell them the truth. Santa was hard. Oh. I've delighted she kids do that. Mm. But luckily <laughs> they're through that now. Mm-hmm. Oh. About
0: 11. Difficult conversations. <laughs> um, so you talked about having strong women in your life. Mm. How did they respond to you having, well, all of your family um, going Mm. from, I don't want to have kids to having two stepchildren who in the nicest possible way came with a whole heap of baggage?
1: Mm. That's right. Which you you don't ever want to see somebody. You love walking into something so difficult Mm. do. So they were amazingly supportive, of course. Mm. Um, I cannot fault any of them in any way. Um, I could tell probably dad especially had the worry, you know especially, you know, it can mess you up in so many ways, even financially, you yeah. know. Um, well, having to fly when... them
0: over and fight for them, it's not cheap I mean, for court, is it?
1: it where we paid all the school fees and all the school uniforms and maintenance and flying, yeah. and then we spent thousands whenever they were with us. Yeah. Um, but even before we had them, there could have been, many things could have gone wrong that, you know, the birth mother would be going for a lot of our found out finances and things you know like anything can really go wrong that can mess up um uh, the other partner's life yeah and and the way things are going but we were, we were pretty lucky we got through it all and i know he had that worry and mostly um luckily coming from a family with in education they all had seen so much trauma yeah with the kids at school um my auntie was a principal of an Aboriginal community jig-along jig- up mm. north. Yeah. And, you know, he's, she's been around the block so many times and mum and dad were both at bad schools at yeah. one point or another. So they just complete welcoming arms and just really more than anything felt for the kids in the whole situation. Yeah, I think that because they had that experience,
0: mm-hmm. possibly made them more wary because they knew what that was, what that
1: could potentially mean <laughs> for everyone. Exactly. That, that is very true. They, they were really good. I think they were surprised as yeah. well. Like, yes. as someone who did yeah. Um, meeting, meeting my husband, they they understood. They all instantly loved him. And, you know, even my sister's husband gets along with him. <laughs> yes. So that's good. That yeah. the brother in law is together. Yeah. But, um, yeah. They, they did really well. I can't fault them at all. And I would totally understand any worries they had because it's a scary situation for anyone. Mm. And still could be.
0: <laughs> and I know the answer to this, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Does it feel like your parents treat your girls any differently to your nieces and nephews?
1: No, I don't think they do at all. Mm. Not that I see. Um it as you said, it was it's pretty tricky in the sense that they're born into the family and you're there for the birth, aren't you? All my yeah. nieces and nephews are all visiting in the hospital and all that, but the girls were pretty young when they started coming over and yeah. we did include them in a lot of the family events um, when they came for Christmas and things like that. And my family would always ask "Are the girl's going to be there for Christmas this year. And yeah. you know, we all accommodate and they'd all get presents, whether they were here or not. And mm. ugh, they really spoiled them rotten. I think it was probably harder on the girls than it was for my family. They that, I was wondering downed, that because yeah, they're they really outside.
0: That's it. They're not their biological grandparents mm. or biological mm. aunties and uncles. And then it's another layer of guilt that, well, I've got biological grandparents yeah. and now there's another set that I, you know,
1: mm. and how does that work? Yeah. It, it's, it's, I think they still struggle with it a bit. Um, mm. And that was another thing that came up with the when I wasn't got the you're not my mum. Mm. It was I don't want anything to do with your family, you know. Um, but that was just a heat of the moment stuff. They they I the niece was um my niece was very young. So mm. she's only two years younger than our youngest. Yeah. Sort of a two year age gap between the three girls in the family. Yeah. And so they get along quite well and they've always and she was just so happy to have some female cousins. cousins that yeah. She was, want to see them I want to see them so she was always spending time with us when the girls were over so they've all kind of grown up together in that sense Mm. that's quite good and everyone's always been so nice to them I think the hardest part was because I was supposed to be the enemy especially before they lived with us that yeah okay I'm the enemy all these nice people have to be the enemy too and we're accepting gifts but we're not supposed to you know it would have been I could see lots them of cognitive
0: dissonance going on and lots of discomfort around. I'm supposed to feel this, but that's not what the experience is like. And that's
1: right, and then yeah. they know they've got to be polite, but then, yeah.
0: But at the same time, and while I'm being <laughs> polite, is that then being disrespectful to my mum?
1: Well, that's it. That's it. Are you betraying your mum yeah. by enjoying somebody else's company?
0: And was. I'm going totally off track here. Sorry. It's so unlike me. Um, <laughs> was <laughs> mum, what was, what was she like with, you know, did she feed the girls that you can't trust Jen because she, you know, or was she, I guess, positive around you and their dad having a relationship with them?
1: Definitely not positive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Without trying to be nasty. Um, she definitely went out of her way that I was the enemy. To make them she she was also trying to get them to get whatever they could out of dad all the time too so it wasn't just me yeah. but it was yeah i'm i'm the other woman i'm oh i believe she told them that i took him even though they were divorced when we met <laughs> so mm. it was you know it was a big big confusion for them because i told dad away and all these things she would tell him and <sighs> you know, a, it wasn't it wasn't nice no there's <laughs> but she, just so nice many layers fit. of difficulty there yes it's always I mean I don't know if there is any really any uncomplicated family anymore but it certainly our situation was pretty
0: rough. Mm. So yeah. if you were to meet you know if you were to meet somebody who you know was working FIFO and had fallen for the bloke who lived in the Donga next door who <laughs> had um, two kids what would you be telling her or even if they weren't living in Dongas you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, Yeah so a friend of mine wanted to take up with somebody that had kids i think i'd just be saying really really think about it first mm. really think about what you want from it and because i know i know i did think about it and i know i wasn't didn't exactly go in with my eyes closed i know children are hard work mm. never been that's one reason i never wanted them because <laughs> i was never <laughs> naive to think oh yay babies you know um difficult work for a long time it was was never the fear of birth or anything that stopped me it was fear of 18 years (laughs) (laughs) so you'd have to just you can't tell them not to because Mm. I mean if you've met the person that you love then what can you do love takes you wherever it's going to take you Mm. but you do choose to a certain point I think and you have to really consider every aspect of it. And if you're prepared to be in that position where you're going to have these kids and whether it means you'll have more with them mm. um, or, or just have them, then yeah, something you've really got to consider.
0: And I guess, so I guess what I'm hearing is knowing where you're getting to make those choices is when you have this idea around the kind of life that you want, that you want to create together, And knowing that that life that you have had this mental picture about, this is Mm -hmm. going to look very different. How flexible are you with that mental picture about the kind of life that you want? And are you prepared to flex enough that you give up what you had thought your life goals were in order to be with somebody who, um, I guess, that relationship's going to mean that your life goes in a very different direction?
1: That's exactly right. Because, I mean, essentially, you give everything up. Mm. I mean, I have. It's... We've given everything up to have the kids here. We both have. Not just, just not just me. And yeah. My husband did as well. He was we were certainly enjoying the cruisy life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite easy. As difficult it was when we had them over, you know, at the other times it was just us and we could do whatever we want. Particularly with FIFO with three weeks off to go mm-hmm. and, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah, especially when we're on the same roster. Yeah, nice. Um go to the pub. Yep, no worries. You know, yeah. that's you just it, you just let go of everything whereas Nothing now is like, it's, I, it's
0: okay so we can go out but at the same time we've got to make sure we're back for school pickup we've got to get them to this therapy appointment we've got to take yeah. them to this support yeah.
1: yeah oh there's so many i don't so, know how parents still It's always the dentist and always the orthodontist and doctors and therapy and yeah and there's all so many things with the school that I think that surprised me the most like they mm. came over and they're that age, and I'm like, all of a sudden you're doing book week costumes, and they've <laughs> you, got to be the best of the costumes. You can't just throw something on them there, you go. You've got to hand make it, and it's got to be perfect. And the mothers, I think, are competing way too much. Oh yeah, men. just so
0: you know, I totally don't buy into that.
1: But oh, yeah. and you can't like I've no. tried. It, it was hard because the kids wanted you to.
0: Yeah, you know, no. it was
1: like if I didn't do it, then I'm not good at being their mum. No. But it was like. You do realise I work and mm-hmm. most of the mums at your school don't for yeah. a start. They have a bit more time. And we're trying to do this, yeah, working full-time, full-time kids, doing everything. You're somehow supposed to be there for all the assemblies and mm-hmm. all the dances and everything. And it was just like I, they couldn't, our kids could not grasp the no, I can't be there. Yeah. I've got to work. Yeah. Like I had, to, they had to be walked to their classroom when they first moved over because they were terrified of being alone. Yeah. So I would be that that's not enough hours to get a day's working mm. between morning and afternoon pickup, you know? And you're so right.
0: Was- it is exceptionally difficult. We need, I've, you know, said it multiple times. We need to parent like we, like we don't work. We need to work like we don't have children. Mm. At the same time, we're expected to volunteer. We're supposed to be on the PNC. Yeah. We're supposed to be, you know, running mm. them left, right and center. Regardless you're of where, yeah regardless <laughs> of whether you're the step or biological mum. That's right. It's it, it's insane. It is. And, you know, I work full time outside of the home. My husband works part time outside of the home and own them from home. Despite the fact that my husband is the main the primary contact for the school, they will still call me first because it's the mum's will... role to come and pick up a child when they're sick.
1: Yep. And they still do it whether you're a stepmum. Yeah like hang on I really shouldn't be involved. That's it. Like, I'm, I'm not really, even on the
0: school the contact time. list.
1: <laughs> but really, it was like oh. but I was filling in all the school paperwork. Yeah. Just you know, these roles easy, don't we?
0: Yeah. Can't help it. I but... think I think one of the other things that I heard you say as well is um the importance of so you know going back to that thought of if you have a friend who's mm. look who's potentially going to be moving into a relationship where stepchildren are involved mm. um the importance of reading as many different books as you can and creating Mm. some sort of network with other people who have shared experiences Mm. is really powerful and therapy is the other thing that i've heard you say as well
1: yep definitely it's just just like we said before just knowing there's other people and what you're thinking is not unusual and you're you're a good person you're just trying to make the best of a situation and you've just got to find the way that you can deal with it the best Um, even if you need medication or anything, like you should Mm. never be ashamed of that. It's really, really hard, you know, and nobody can just go in and do this and find it easy. I'm sure of that. No, some women look like they do it so well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure they're feeling a part on the inside like the rest of us. (laughs) Well, that's it. And I think
0: um, I'm going to completely butcher the saying, but there's something along the lines of don't compare your reality to somebody's Instagram version of their life. Definitely, because... it's
1: something that's hard to teach the kids. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, it really is. But th- I think the reason it's hard to teach the kids is because so many adults struggle with it as well. Well, that's right. That's you know? right. And that's all they
1: see. They yes. don't know they haven't so, yeah. uh, it. So it does look like everyone's got these perfect lines.
0: Mm.
1: It's not the reality of it all. And everybody's struggling with something. That,
0: mm. That's exactly it. And, and we don't know what it is. And part of that's because we don't have a village, so we don't share. And part so of exactly. it... Part of it's and because, yeah, we've been taught to try and, you know, you don't air your dirty laundry in public.
1: Yes, that's right. I, I still do it. it was still, this last incident, I still didn't speak about it at first with my family because I didn't want them to view the kids differently. Yes. I didn't want them to then go, how can you treat, you know, my daughter or my sister like that? Mm. But in reality, they understood because even though they're their own children, they're kind of going through the same sort of stuff. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. And difficult as well because you don't want them to – um, you know you don't want them to say something against the girls in support of you but then when your yeah. tempers calm calmed down to then go oh well this is what they actually feel about the girls
1: yeah well that's well that's it because there's always the you're not really family are you but yeah but, I but mean, you what you are anyway. that's exactly it they're the family that you've chosen that's it yeah and that's what I that's what I say to my therapist whenever he says I'll be talking about something and he may say um but that's not you don't have to do that. You know, that's not your problem. You know, why, you know, you can stand back and say, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not the mum. I don't have to do that. But then I'm like, yeah, but I have chosen to be here and I have chosen that role. Mm. So it's like, and then I guess that's his way of reminding me that it's my choice and makes me feel better about that. I guess uh, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. all these things that you do that. Yeah. You should step back on, but you just can't help it. And the kids, I never, never really, Stood up and said, "Right, you're here now. I'm going to be the mum. Mm. I was happy to take care of them. I was happy to do all that sort of stuff. But still, was like, I would be like this sort of auntie role, maybe or a friend. I'll be your to... dad's wife. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess because they're lacking that bit, they're constantly craving it. Yeah, you know, and like everybody needs their mum. You know, mm. and you're constantly looking for that, that caring, and you just it just happens. You just fall into it, and they need it, so you do it." But then you go, oh, I'm not ready for that. And... Do you feel ready now?
0: Like you, how many years in? <laughs> I'd say. I'm, no. I'm 16 <laughs> years in to my parenting my eldest and there's still times that I think I'm not ready for this. Yeah. I'm not qualified. Definitely. I am not experienced enough. I am not ready. So,
1: <laughs> Luckily, my husband and I are usually both sitting there going, how are we supposed to do this? Yeah. How can we get through this? We both just have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah constantly are constantly are changing, mm. throwing something else at you that you just think, oh my god, okay, how do I deal with that? Yeah, and then especially when it's something that they're supposed to be dealing with, and yeah, it's yeah.
0: very difficult. Oh look, parent parenting is like I say, it's one of the hardest jobs in the world, I'm sure, and the one that we are least qualified for.
1: Mm, definitely. Yeah. There's,
0: you know, half the stuff we go through, I think that's not
1: in any of the books I've read. So. <laughs> From great families, if we're struggling with it, like, yeah, it's, you know, it's I've tricky. got the best parents that you could ever imagine. Yeah, And I still find it difficult day in, day out to figure out what to do. And I mean, it's changed anyway since they were raising us. Yeah, definitely.
0: And, yeah. No, I know, think you just wing it. it. <laughs> hmm.
1: You just wing it, yeah, screw it
0: up and try again later. That's it. Um, and do you feel like a mum?
1: I do. Um, I, I find myself speaking about the kids a lot, mm. you know, even at the Christmas party we just had. It's you work Christmas, do, and you end up talking about the kids,
0: and yeah,
1: I guess that's that's what parents do, isn't it? And you can't help it. And they, I've always always thinking about them, always mm. thinking, oh, they'd like that when you're at the shops, or, you know, so I don't really know how else you, you really can be a mum if that's, you're always thinking about them and doing things for them and wondering how they're going and how this thing went today and then I guess they do. Mm. <laughs> you know, I feel responsible for them. I wanna, want them to grow up to be good people and whatever happens with our relationship later, Once we don't have to legally be responsible for them anymore, Mm. you know, whether they still want to be around and just have to wait and see, but
0: yeah, you've got a few years for that yet. A few years still. Yeah. Yeah. How long do you think it took before you, before you stopped seeing them as kind of invading your house or, um, when they were coming over, how long before you went, actually, I do feel like their mum and, and I do actually, I love them as my children.
1: Well, it's hard to say because you're mm. constantly reminded that they're not your children, you know. Like, I mean, I think the elder said the other day about something about my real mum and you're kind of like, Ooh. you know, that's that's a hard term because, yes, birth mother, but real, real mum, mom? Like, yeah. you know, like who is your real mum? Mm. Uh, but you're constantly reminded that you're not, but you also always feel like... You are. You always say, yeah, my daughter's this and, you know, you're constantly... Thinking about them and feeling like they're the mum.
0: And I noticed that when you speak of them, you do always yeah. say my kids and my daughters. You don't but, ever preface that with my stepkids or my husband's no. kids.
1: And I, I, I don't anymore at all. Um, I don't. There's moments as well where um, the kids introduce me to their friends mm. and things, um, and everybody, obviously, them being blonde and six feet tall, and me being brown hair and five foot three everyone goes you don't look like your (laughs) mum and then then (laughs) explain, which I always felt for them that's difficult yeah so I'm like so I've tried to teach them that look it's okay that I'm your stepmom like that's fine. it's normal yeah it's great you've got more parents that love you than other people might yeah that's all that matters like it's a very normal thing these days so Mm. don't be ashamed to say that's my stepmom so they've been pretty good with that yeah it's just another thing that reminds you, isn't it? So and I mean, you know you always know that you didn't give birth to them and so there's always that it's always a play between the two, whether you're you're their mum and you're their stepmom. It's you never quite feel like you belong, but you always treat them like your kids and oh the way the way I assume I would treat my kids. Obviously never had yeah. kids, I don't know how I would have treated my kids. But you know, you just have to deal with each moment and not think too
0: much about it, I think. And at no point after the girls moving in, did you think in for a penny,
1: in for a pound, let's have another one? We did talk about it. Um, my husband certainly said, but you've got till I turn 40 and, you know, that's, I'm not, I'm getting too old for kids. I don't want to, I am don't want to deal with the young part of it anymore. Mm. But I said to him, no, I don't want it. But he was, did, did push it a lot just, and I did have a moment of, well, they're here now. I'm, doing, I'm doing it anyway. anyway. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was more the sake of, I couldn't do it to them by yeah. that point. Yeah. Like they'd already been through so much that mm. it was like, if I put, if we have another one, they're just going to more feel like outsiders. Yeah. You know, they're going to feel like, well, that's your kid, and we're not. Yeah. You know. So, and in fact, their mum did have another one um, after <clears throat> after um, that was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> after, <laughs> if you're wondering what that noise was, um, after they moved over here, about a year maybe she had another one because that really hit them really hard that she was moving on with her life without them and i just couldn't do that to them it yeah. just it would just be horrible you know they they lost their dad for enough years while they didn't live with us so yeah making them feel like he was moving on without him with another woman would just yeah it just would add to their stress mm. so
0: well it sounds like it's been a um Sounds like it's been a roller coaster.
1: Yes, one that I think we've still got a, another good five years of ups and downs. Ups and downs. <laughs> <at least. laughs>
0: yeah. There might be a few loop de loops thrown to me in me. there as
1: well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, a few ups and down things. And yeah. um, I'm hopeful after that that I can turn around and go, right, they're good people. They've got their life now and we've got ours and we'll visit and get along however we do. And yeah. We can can do some things for ourselves by then.
0: Mm. Oh, look, I think most parents have that idea that, you know, we always want to be there for our kids, but at some point, yeah, there'll be times (laughs) where you you do feel like you've got a bit of freedom to be able to go out and Mm. and do things Mm. for yourselves as well. Yeah. And hopefully hopefully when it gets to that point, you still know each other well enough that you want to still spend time (laughs) together. (laughs) Yeah, that's it but if not how hey, you get to learn who you are together again so well
1: oh, that's true yeah
0: <laughs> um, so before we wrap up have you got any final thoughts that you want to share
1: just be as open with your partner as much as possible if you're going through the same sort of situation and even with the kids if you even if they don't like what you're going to say if you're always honest with them about it they they will come around
0: mm.
1: and they may go back again but <laughs> They will. They will always respect that. At least they can always come to you for an honest answer for things, and and just keep going, keep sticking with it, and and find whatever you have to do to feel better each day. You yeah. know, even if it's just for that one day. Yeah. You know, the small, the small smiles. I mean, the we talked about um, my rescue animals and things, and mm. that for me is really that came about only because we got the kids a dog. Which I was terrified about because I thought I don't have time for that. I don't have time <laughs> Even to work full time, let alone work full time <laughs> and raise
0: two girls and now you want me to look after a dog as well.
1: Puppy that no one else can take care of, but luckily she loved me the most. Yeah. So <laughs> And you just open opened my eyes up to this whole other world of of people that needed rescuing, animals yeah. that needed rescuing just like the girls and that makes me happy each day when I see them so yeah. even if it's just the moment when you feed them or whatever it's you've got to find something for yourself in amongst it all and that's what all the experts say and all the books say but it's not easy to do and you feel guilty every time as any mum does yeah. anytime you do anything for yourself and I'm still not very good at it <laughs> guilt is <laughs> a head. wasted emotion just gonna put that yeah. out there <laughs> It is. It is. There is a lot of guilt, but yeah. you do have to put it aside. And, but to just find the bliss where you can and, yeah. and enjoy that moment as short as it is.
0: Yeah. And that's it. There, You can but, always find moments of joy.
1: That's right. Sometimes you just need to remember to look for them. That's it. That's it. And and the, the kids, they, they do their best. They're really, they're good kids. And most of them are, they've just, they've gone through too much. And I feel for all kids now that, with everything they're all going through, it just seems just so awful that our lives were so simple in childhood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, when you work when you're living with kids who have experienced trauma Mm -hmm. and PTSD and you know I mean, you rhymed off five or six other diagnoses that your kids are living with every day. Mm -hmm. They're it's not easy for them and they're doing the best they possibly can with the skills and experiences that they have, but they haven't been in a situation to learn those skills or they haven't been in a situation to know that, you know, I'm safe in this. So therefore I don't need to do X, Y, or Z. So you just, I think maybe you're just starting behind the eight ball a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, that's it. And you just have to work together on figuring it out really. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just winging it together and it's
0: good sometimes i think figuring it out that's asking a bit too much (laughs) Uh so thank you so much for sharing this last hour or so with me i really appreciate all of your time and um you know i appreciate that i was able to ask some quite uh curly questions and um (laughs) and took took the conversation in some different directions so thank you for well, all of your
1: I, think. <laughs>
0: yeah. I appreciate your time and your honesty and um and being prepared to be so vulnerable as well yes that's not easy <laughs> it's not honestly i think vulnerability takes the most amount of strength possible um mm. but yeah thank you very much for sharing this time with me and um i hope that anybody who's listening who is a step parent can hear some of the experiences that you've shared and know that they're not alone and there are, there are other people out there who are going through something really similar and who have some shared experiences. and And I think it's really powerful to know that you're not alone.
1: Yes, definitely. Thanks, Emma.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of A Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. For more information on the services we offer, head to whws.org.au or Women's Health and Wellbeing Services on YouTube and social media. Looking forward to the next episode where we uncover the hidden world of women.